New Thought Media Network presents Pastor Michael Mangus with Friday's Fireside Chat, spiritual conversation for today. Here he is from the secret radio room, surrounded by thousands of watts, Pastor Michael Mangus. Well, good evening to everyone across the United States and also around the world. It is that time again for the always exciting, fun-filled, and thrill-packed edition of the Friday Evening Fireside Chat here on the New Thought Media Network. I am Pastor Michael Mangus broadcasting from the secret radio room somewhere in Akron, Ohio. Again, Diego and I know where it's at. I've revealed it to another person. Reverend Robert does not know where the secret radio room is yet. (laughs) We have a wonderful show for you this evening. Please feel free to interact with us by posting your comments below here on Facebook. And also, if you want to, if you don't want to interact that way, please send me an email. Always interested in what you are thinking, you can email me at pastormichaelmangus at gmail.com. Pastormichaelmangus at gmail.com. The purpose of the fireside chat here is to talk about contemporary issues from a new thought perspective. And as I keep saying week after week here, I want us all to have a new thought about what is going on around us and also in the world. (sighs) Once again, Diego got on me. He says, make sure that you read this disclaimer. I said, okay. From the legal department, which is right next to programming at New Thought Media Central, It says here, the views and opinions expressed by the host and his guest are their own. They do not represent the views and opinions necessarily of the New Thought Media Network, Centers for Spiritual Living, Reverend Robert, his beautiful wife, Laura, or Callie, my pet cat. And as they say in the 12-step program, (laughs) take what you like and leave the rest. And now back to our regular programming. (laughs) Always reading that. Watch your thinking. Very good. Oh, I like that. Anyhow, uh, welcome to the show this evening. We do have a very special guest here at the bottom of the hour, and that is our Chief Inspirational Officer. Uh, That's uh, Reverend Robert Brzezinski, and we'll be talking about a news item, and also we'll be talking about the New Thought Media Network. In the news today, we start off again with COVID-19 from the Centers for Disease Control. Our total number of cases since February, 25,456,670 cases, and that's up. 155,504 cases in the last seven days, 
It's a little down from last week, which is good. Uh, 1,132,820. And our total number of deaths, including my mother a few weeks ago, 427,626. We've been averaging over 4,000 new deaths every single day. So what you need to know from CNN, the U.S. detected its first cases of a more contagious coronavirus strain first seen in South Africa and South Carolina. These two individuals did not travel recently. An influential model forecasts that the new variant could add up to 85,000 fatalities to the U.S. COVID-19 death total by May. We've heard news today about Johnson & Johnson and their new vaccine. Their trials of a single-shot vaccine shows 66% um, efficiency on a global trial, but 85% against severe diseases. Here's another one that's been in the news. Novavax COVID-19 vaccine trial, meanwhile, shows an efficacy of 89.3%. Now, here's some good news from Ohio for all of you who like to stay out late at the bars. Ohio curfew to be changed to 11 p.m. The governor, Mike DeWine, says that if Ohio meets certain thresholds, the overnight curfew would be pushed back to a starting time of 11 p.m., Instead of the current 10 p.m., the new curfew is slated to begin on January 28th, which was yesterday. Hospitalization, hospitalization utilization is what the wine was looking at to make the decision. According to DeWine, if the Ohio's hospital rates remained at 3,500 COVID patients for seven consecutive days, he would amend the curfew to 11 p.m. And again, it goes on. But he says that if the rate starts going up, as far as with the hospital beds used, especially in the ICUs, that he'll go back to another curfew. The curfew was initially introduced to limit person-to-person -person contact, and it went from now it's 11 o'clock to 5 o'clock in the morning. Unnecessary and non-essential travel is prohibited. So our rates here in Ohio are going down, which that's a very good news. Also in the news from CNN, Novavax is working on a booster shot in response to the coronavirus variants. Novavax is developing a booster shot to help in its COVID-19 vaccine protection against the newly emerging variants of the coronavirus. On Thursday, the company announced its vaccine. It was found to have an uh, efficacy of 89.3% in phase three clinical trials conducted in the UK. And the vaccine appears to demonstrate clinical efficacy against some of the variants of the coronavirus. Meanwhile, the announcement also noted this. Novavax initiated developments of new constructions against the emerging strains in early January and expects to select ideal candidates for a booster and or a combination vaccine for the new strains in the coming days. So as the new variants here of COVID-19 spread, 
Health professionals have suggested that Americans wear two masks or upgrade to an N95. Now, I read this <laughs> during the week and I said, you know what, here in Ohio, we have problems getting people just to wear one mask. Are we going to get them to, to do two? But again, from the Washington Post, the discovery of coronavirus variants in the U.S. has public health experts urging Americans to upgrade the single cloth masks that have been a staple shield during the pandemic. The change can be as simple as slapping on a second mask over the one you already wear, or better yet, donning a fabric mask on top of a surgical mask. Some experts say it is time to buy the high-quality KN95 or the N95 mask that officials hope to reserve supplies for healthcare workers. And they have long been discouraged for people in the United States from purchasing. Now, there is a flip side to the story, though. It says here that Anthony Fauci, the nation's top infectious disease expert, said that double-layered masks were the way to go during a Monday appearance on Today, saying that two layers just makes more common sense, that it would likely be more effective. But on a Wednesday town hall appearance on CNN, Fauci appeared to reverse course and instead stressed following the CDC guidelines, which does not call for wearing two masks or the N95. And this is the reason why. New CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky appeared along Fauci and also warned that N95 masks are uncomfortable to wear, ask any healthcare professional, and may dissuade consistent use if expanded to the general public. The CDC encourages Americans to choose a well-fitted mask with two or more layers of washable, breathable fabric and to avoid surgical masks and other face coverings meant for healthcare workers. So again, go online for the full story from the Washington Post. Very interesting reading. Again, we have a challenge in Ohio, especially in the rural areas, just to get people to wear one mask. So again, my comment, please just wear a mask, okay? Also, watch your distance, wash your hands, for goodness sakes, crack open a window and insist that people outside of your bubble wear a mask in your home. And more importantly, watch your thinking. We talked about, thank you, Diego. We talked about that a few weeks ago about the whole idea of, of getting burned out on coronavirus on just thinking about the dis-ease. But we will all get through this here. We will all get through this. And please study the science before deciding not to get the vaccine. As for me and my house, we will get vaccinated because we have found that it is safe and effective, but each and every person has to make their own decision on this. All right? Again, if you're wondering what you've tuned into this evening, a little bit bored, so you're kind of flipping through <laughs> Facebook and you stumbled onto us. Good evening.
This is the Friday Evening Fireside Chat here on the New Thought Media Network. I am Pastor Michael Mangus. Back to the news, it says a call for police reform is being acted upon in several cities, including my own here in Akron, Ohio. I'm just going to read parts of this. It says that the union representing the officers here in Akron can work with the eight recommendations in the council's 22-page report on reimagining public safety, which was released this week. The head of Akron's NAACP is applauding the time and consideration the council committed to do something that definitely needed done. And wouldn't you know it that some of these recommendations have been recommended before? Unfortunately, sometimes it takes a summer of protesting. Again, to bring it forth. So again, what we are intending to do here is to use this whole idea of eradicating the thought of racism in the race consciousness. Again, they've have proposed things like community policing, also extra training. When talking about training, they says they have absolute control. This is this group of sergeants that recommend recruits for training. Harrison said they have absolute control of recommending or not recommending them. When they say it's an honesty issue, that's a judgment call. And when you're talking about implicit biases, a lot of those biases come into play. So what they do to screen applicants to the Akron Fire, uh, excuse me, the Akron Police Department is they go ahead and they run a credit check. Uh, they also check on drug offenses. Also, they also have involved a lie detector test. The only thing else, and again, I'm just going to recommend this and probably recommend this at the community meetings that they're going to have, is that they also include some psychological testing. There's some really good tests out there, which I think can do a lot of good. I'll go to the end of the article here. It says, Councilman Russ Neal says the process that council started in September to better understand policing is a model of understanding and legislating solutions to other complex problems like housing, high utility costs in the city. Neal asked council to consider more staff to help them dive more deeply into other issues. Along with the involvement, the representative to the union says that the union does support legislation that is grounded by facts. The process has led to more enlightenment and education on both sides. Change has to occur. And it's going to be a win-win for everyone once we get through the process. Now, what's nice is that police reform is happening not only in Akron, but I reported last week it's happening in Youngstown, Ohio, which is around an hour east of where we're at here in Akron and also in Boston and in other places across the country. 
Now, from Facebook this week, a woman commented that she saw a public service announcement that had a young woman holding up a sign that said that Black Lives Matter. And underneath of it, they had a woman announcer say, all lives don't matter unless Black lives matter. She commented that what she saw was racist with a friend of mine who is a science of mind practitioner agreeing with her. I couldn't just let that go. So I wrote back to say that most of my African-American friends, like 99% of them, would find her statement to be racist. Now, why is that? Because until you stop the unfair and unequal policing in this country and around the world, all lives don't matter because black lives are not included in that all. And my African-American friends would also say that by mentioning all lives matter weakens the message that black lives matter. And again, we're not talking political here. We're talking common sense. We're talking what would love do in this situation. Change is occurring. And why is that? It's because people have made their voice known that racism must end, period. The changes that are happening here in Akron are happening all over the country. We must keep the pressure up to change the policing policies, not only locally, but also around the world. And thank you for all the responses to the comments that we had last week to the whole idea that new thought should not involve themselves in social issues. Of course, my friend, Reverend Dr. Raymond Anderson from the Greater Baltimore CSL had some excellent comments. Instead of reading them, <laughs> Dr. Raymond will be my very special guest in a few weeks in February. All right. Well, again, good evening to you. Thanks for joining us. You are tuned into the Friday Evening Fireside Chat here on the New Thought Media Network. I am Astro Michael Mangus, broadcasting from the secret radio room, <laughs> surrounded by thousands of watts here. This is a story that I've been putting off for the past couple of weeks because we have run out of time. But I wanted to talk about it. Pope Francis says that women can read at Mass but still can't be priests. From Rome, from the Associated Press, Pope Francis has changed church law on Monday to allow women to do more things during Mass, granting them the access to the most sacred place on the altar while continuing to affirm that they cannot be priests. Francis amended the law to formalize and institutionalize 
what is common practice in many parts of the world, and that is that women can be installed as lectors to read the scripture and also serve on the altar as Eucharistic ministers. Previously, such roles were officially reserved to men, even though exceptions were made. Pope Francis says he was making the change to increase the recognition of all the precious contributions that women make in the church, while emphasizing that all baptized Catholics have a role to play in the church's mission. But he also noted that doing so further makes a distinction between ordained ministries, which I'll talk about here in a moment, such as the priesthood and the diaconate, and also ministries open to qualified laity. The Vatican reserves the priesthood for men, and I'll explain why here in just a moment. The change comes as Pope Francis remains under pressure to allow women to be deacons, that's ministers who perform many of the same functions as a priest, such as preside at weddings, baptisms, and funerals. Currently, the ministry is reserved for men, even though historians say that the ministry was performed by women in the early church. I will stop there. We would not have a Christian church today if it wasn't for the women. The reason that they were not allowed on the altar, and again, I got this from an Orthodox priest, was because in the early church during that time, the priestesses at the pagan churches were all women. So they took that away from women and let men do all the sacred orders on the altar. Francis has created a second commission of experts to study whether women could be deacons. After a first one reported on the history of women deacons in the early church, advocates for expanding the diaconate to include women say that doing so would give women greater say in the ministry and governance in the church, while also helping to address the priest shortage in several parts of the world. Opponents say that allowing it would be a slippery slope towards ordaining women to the priesthood. Phyllis Dagano, who was the member of the Pope's first study commission, called the changes important because they represent the first time that the Vatican has allowed through canon law to allow women to access the altar. She also says it was a necessary first step before any official consideration of the diaconate for women. Sagano said that this is the first codification of allowing women inside the sanctuary. Noting that bishops have long called for such a move because a lot of these non-ordained activities could be done and was done by other members of the staff, including the spiritual director of the parish and also the, the nuns that were stationed there. You can't be ordained as deacons until you're installed as lectors or acolytes. 
said uh, Zagano, an adjunct professor of religion. The former editor of the women's magazine from the Vatican, however, calls the new changes a double trap. She says that they were merely formalized what is in current practice, including at papal masses, which also makes clear that the diaconate is an ordained ministry reserved for men. This calls the door on the diaconate for women and closes it, she said in a phone interview, calling the change a step backwards. All right, so at my mother's funeral a few weeks ago, she had the Mass for Christian burial. There was an adult female acolyte or altar assistant, an adult. The reason I was allowed to do graveside, which is usually reserved for either the priest or a member of the staff, was because I knew <laughs> that in the Catholic Church, you do not need holy orders in order to do that. In many dioceses, a lay pastoral assistant performs the graveside ceremony. So we in New Thought have always supported the empowerment of women through ordination to ministry. Most of the women ministers I know are wonderful. And let me tell you something, they do better ceremony than me. My prayer for the Catholic Church is that they open their thought to allow women to be priests and deacons, like many of the Protestant churches have done, including the Episcopal Church. I'm thinking of a friend of mine, Pastor Sarah, down in Carnegie. She is absolutely wonderful. So to say that she did not have a calling, well, I think that's a big mistake. Well, again, hi there. Good evening. Welcome. This is the Friday Evening Fireside Chat here on the New Thought Media Network. I am Pastor Michael Mangus, and we have a few announcements before we get to our very special guest this evening, the Chief Inspirational Officer of the New Thought Media Network. That's Reverend Robert Brzezinski. Yours truly is parking himself currently at the Summit CSL in Akron. For more information, please go to summitcsl.org. There you will find all kinds of wonderful information about our wonderful Sunday gathering online at 10.30 Eastern, that's 7.30 Pacific. Yes, that's in the morning. <laughs> so grab your tea, your coffee, or your espresso, or hot chocolate, or whatever you have in the morning, and come and join us. We have one of the best services I've experienced in New Thought. And this Sunday, we'll have an open discussion on the introduction to the Science of Mind text, so please bring your questions. Our discussions are extremely lively and informational. And our own John Miller will be providing the music, so please go to summitcsl.org for more information on how to join our Zoom call. Please join us. Our services are also simulcast on the Summit Spiritual Center of Akron Facebook page. And also, if you go to our Facebook page, you'll also see the last thing I did uh, before getting ill before Christmas, which was a virtual log burning, which went very well. 
as my assistant Hannah and I still figure out StreamYard, we will have more original programming coming from Summit CSL. I'm currently open for individual practitioner sessions, Sunday speaking, love doing ceremonies, lots of things that I can assist and help in. Email me at pastormichaelmangus at gmail.com, pastormichaelmangus at gmail.com for more information. Again, every single week when I print off the weekly newsletter that Robert sends me on Monday, gosh, there's like like six or seven pages of stuff. <laughs> but we have lots of things coming up here on the New Thought Media Network, lots of programming. And again, we do it all for you here. We have Monday morning visioning at 7 a.m., on Mondays, we also have the Cosmic Prayer live from the UK with Laura Topper. That's at 11 a.m. Mountain Time. The Peace Circle premieres February 1st at 4 p.m. Mountain. On Tuesday, we have Treasures from the Tao from Reverend Jody at 12 p.m. Mountain Time. Also, New Thought Today with Reverend Z, Reverend Robert at 2 p.m. We have a midweek meditation with Reverend Robert at 7 a.m. Daily Sip of Spirit in Action with Reverend Melissa, who I got to meet last week, at 8.30 a.m. That's Mountain Time. On Wednesdays, Living Life with Joy with, again, Reverend Melissa. That's at 10 a.m. Feel the Flow, 10.30 a.m. with Terry Paul Choice. That's on newthoughtmedia.org. And Wednesday evenings, we have a wonderful midweek pick-me-up. Reverend Robert does that at 6 p.m. Mountain. Also, every day we have evening prayers at 8.15 Mountain Time with the prayer team. Thursday's Jersey Girl Wisdom with Reverend Dr. Michelle Wadley. That's at 10 a.m. The Joy is in the Journey. That's at 1 p.m. That premieres on February 4th coming up. Ministers Talking <clears throat> Stuff. <laughs> at 7 a.m. Uh, with Reverend Robert and Reverend Z, also recorded for your listening. At a later time, we have a collective meditation for peace, Heart of Peace meditation. That's at 9 a.m. Mountain. Fireside chat with yours truly, Pastor Michael. That's at 6 p.m. Mountain time. The Camille Conti Show at 8 p.m. on newthoughtmedia.org. On Saturdays, a wonderful series. Please tune into this, the Science of Mind and Spirit Lecture Series, where different ministers and practitioners are going through the Science of Mind textbook and giving their commentary to that. That's at 9 a.m. Mountain Time, and also Feel the Flow rebroadcast with Terry Paul Choice at 10.30 a.m., and also Spirit Says Sing. That's at 6 p.m. Mountain Time, Saturday evenings with Diego here on the New Thought Media Network. Lots of things that we have for you. So we lovingly ask for your support. All the money that we use here goes to not only keeping our broadcasting going, but also to help us expand too. We have lots of plans for expansion. And so we're asking you, please, 
if you've been blessed, if you've been touched by anything that we do here, please feel free to donate. And also feel free to be a monthly donor so that we know that the money is coming in every single month. So if you go to newthoughtmedianetwork.org slash donate, you have all kinds of information there. We are blessing the world with this network. We are really making a big difference. And as I said a few weeks ago, we may be the only center of new thought that some people ever come in contact with. Again, please help us. You bless the world with your contribution to this network. All right. Thank you so very much. And now, waiting in the wings, our chief inspirational officer here at the New Thought Media Network. He got mad at me when I called him my boss So a few weeks ago. So I'm going to call him my program director. <laughs> Reverend Robert Brzezinski, welcome to the Friday evening fireside chat. Well, thank you, Pastor Michael. It's always good to be here. And um, I don't know, maybe I'm growing into that role of being your boss. <laughs> well, can I can um, can I tell you what happened the other day when you gave me a call? No. And I was not expecting it. <laughs> sure, go ahead, tell me. I said to myself, oh, no. It's like, it's like deja vu when I was in radio the studio phone would ring and it would be the program director calling to crab about something I did. So well, I had to do some releasing around that. <laughs> no, it, Robert had, uh, I have to do some paperwork for Robert. So he was reminding me lovingly about that. All right. So you were talking about earlier on ministers talking stuff here on the New Thought Media Network. Yeah, that's not the word. I know, but I again, you have to understand, I am from the era, we used to actually play records. We try this every time, folks. Every time I'm on this show, I try to get them to say that word. No, I'm sorry. You know what? It's the seven dirty words that they went ahead and they've they they they've gotten rid from my brain. I can't even say it. But anyhow, <laughs> so they were talking today on the show, him and uh, Reverend Z were talking about Yes. Uh, what has happened on Wall Street with uh, GameStop and also a group of investors who have really have done a revolution. So talk more about what happened. Absolutely. Uh, I'm really excited about this story because I think this is the story of the week. Uh, it's a story of the week where, and we've been preaching this on New Thought Media Network for all of 2020. There is a reformation happening in American culture. We're reforming how we show up in the world and how we experience the world and what we get to do in the world. And um, and I don't think it, I don't know anybody that's like thinks it's the greatest thing in the world to short a stock. Okay, now, could, could yeah. you explain? Yeah, explain that to all if, uh, of us who don't know a darn thing about Wall Street. Exactly. I don't really know anything either. But uh, but I got some good friends who tell me what the truth is. <laughs> and, and to basically to short a stock just means to take a position where you bet 
that the stock is going to go down. And you're putting money up to say, this stock's going to fail, it's going to go down, and we're going to buy at a very, very cheap price. And there's a piece where if it does, if that doesn't happen, you're still on the hook to buy the stock. Now, and, that's mostly done, though, by large money. Yes. Like, for example, like with hedge funds, correct? Yeah. Yes, this is okay. primarily primarily a tactic of hedge funds to take advantage of people and to take advantage of the market and to make money out of really nothing. No effort. It's all a gamble. It's uh, long been known as a gamble. And there's a lot of people in the industry that feel it shouldn't be uh, available, that this is a gamble we shouldn't be doing and we shouldn't be playing. And so what happened is a very large hedge fund took a very large position against the company GameStop. If you're not familiar with them, they're a retail gaming company and they sell games and game consoles and all kinds of things that the younger folk, younger than me, uh, definitely get into a lot more than I do. I used to it as a kid. I don't anymore. But they realized this hedge fund had over oversold the short and had shorted this company for more than 100 percent of its value. And what they saw there was an opportunity to say, OK, number one. This isn't just some company and some bunch of numbers. These are people's lives. This is somebody's livelihood. This is somebody's dream to build this company. And so the internet, uh, specifically a group of users on Reddit, decided to get together and support GameStop by buying their stocks. Now, thanks to another wonderful trick of Wall Street, what's known as fractional sharing, uh, while GameStop wasn't all that expensive, uh, a lot of people were able to just put in a small amount of money, buy a small sh a portion of shares, and a lot of people were able to buy smaller portions of shares, and collectively, they started to drive up the price of GameStop. Well, the Wall Street hedge fund sees what's happening. They don't like this because they've got a lot of money, $13 billion invested, in this stock tanking and this company going under and this company failing to be able to and what happens is you you basically hold a company hostage once you've leveraged them like this they can't go get financing they can't get any money if they run into any problem the company dives the hedge fund makes money well now the company's making money people are buying the stock the hedge fund doesn't like this so they've got to go in and because of the rules that wall street has set up the hedge fund has to go in and start buying stock. And that continues to drive the price up and drive the price up and drive the price up to the point where the price is higher than what the hedge fund was betting against. And now the hedge fund has to basically pay off 13 and they have to give all their money to, to cover the margin, to cover their bet. So really, they gambled. They gambled big. They gambled with a lot of money and they lost big. They put it all on seven and they rolled snake eyes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this this was from the article that I pulled up. It says both the Senate Banking Committee and the House Financial Service Committee plan to hold hearings on the GameStop controversy. The reason being is the hedge fund lost money. Okay. And it was in the billions of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it was it was done by individual investors getting together, pooling their money together and driving the price of the stock up. I'll just read a, a couple of paragraphs. It says Representative Brad Sherman from California, 
who heads the Financial Services Subcommittee, says that lawmakers will examine <laughs> whether Robinhood, that's the app that they use, that the investors use, may block customers from buying the stock at the behest, there is a word for you, of other market players with competing interest. Other issues to be aired includes the need for full disclosure requirements for short sellers as now prevails in Europe and Britain. And again, this I read this to Reverend Robert earlier. This is from uh, Brad Sherman. He said, the capital markets need to be less of a casino and more of a place where people can invest in companies that are leading the new economy. Representative Sherman, you don't have to hold any kind of hearings. Just, just listen to this pastor from Ohio, all right? Stop the gambling. That's all you have to do. Just stop the shorting of stocks. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> They don't have to waste the time on hearings. <laughs> Do you have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-WALL-STREET. Yes, uh, Ray, we we know this has been going on. And and Robinhood and other platforms, they, all they do is facilitate the trades, right? They're just, they're allowing this fractional trading to happen. And you may have one of these apps on your phone right now, if you're listening. Uh, Acorn, other places, there's all kinds of these things that'll allow you to to invest the pennies that are left over from your debit card purchase and this and that and the other thing. It's all based on fractional investing. And these companies, predominantly Robinhood, and they have the biggest name in this, stepped in and from what many are saying broke the law by suspending the trading. And the only reason they suspended the trading was because the hedge fund was losing too much money. And they got phone calls. And they got phone calls from somebody saying, oh, schnooga. Oh, wait, I'm allowed to say the Oh, shit, we got to stop this thing and we got to stop it fast because um, let's just say it this way. The peasants have figured out the game. <laughs> I'm sure somebody said it. I'm sure there's somebody said that, right? The people, the, these people that are, they're not supposed to figure this out. We're supposed to, individual investors are supposed to be the people that lose money, not the people that make the money, that win the, the big gamble. And that's what I love about this story is $13 billion of wealth transferred itself right into the hands of, of a whole bunch of small individual investors some of them did very well uh, some of them are very upset that they didn't own GameStop two weeks ago some are very upset that they didn't get in on it in the last couple of days and we know people that got locked out that tried to get in and um but it really it really points to this is another call to look at what does work and what no longer works shorting is on this planet it must have worked at some point for some reason i don't know that i'm not going to pretend to understand it all but it doesn't appear like it's working any longer so let's change it let's create something new let's have a new thought a new vision around how what we do to invest in good companies but not prop up bad companies and not take advantage of companies that are that are in, in a position where they just need some help or, or, you know? Yeah. So I, as I understand from the story is that 
uh, this group of Reddit investors that they're also looking for other stocks to also do the same thing too. Uh, yeah. I think what, what uh, was mentioned was uh, the movie company, uh, theater company called AMC. Uh, mm -hmm. You mentioned some others. Blackberry is another. Uh, mm -hmm. If you own Blackberry, hold on to it. <laughs> hold on. His, I've heard it described this way as well. A handful of years back, you might remember the Occupy Wall Street movement. Well, many of the players this week, in one way or another, maybe not physically or directly, but ideologically, are doing pretty much what Occupy Wall Street wanted done. Uh, they're just doing it from inside. So it's kind of like an infiltrate Wall Street. Uh, and they got beat at their own game. I understand they're upset. But it doesn't mean that we have to let them just go back to what they were doing. And these guys have said, we are watching. And if other companies end up in this position, if other hedge funds try to take advantage of companies in this way and go more than 100% in on a company, shorting it more than 100%, they're going to do it again and they'll take the, and that hedge fund's gone, right? bankrupt, filed for bankruptcy. Because it didn't have the $13.1 billion to cover its bet. And that hedge funds own a lot of corporations here in the United States. A lot of the broadcasting. I know that uh, iHeartMedia is owned a lot by Bain Capital. So, I mean, so that's one hedge fund. So, but again, uh, so what, what is happening here? Again, there's a whole change of paradigm that's happening that Robert's talking about. And that's not only happening uh, in the spiritual world, but that's also happening in the business world. A lot of the things that worked before are not working now. And again, that the power is going back to the people now. And mm -hmm. so that's that's what that's the spiritual lesson from uh, this uh, GameStop fiasco, as they call it. But again, <laughs> the 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 hedge funds got caught. You're, it's only a fiasco if you don't understand it. Right. Right. If you understand it and think about what a hedge fund does, they amass huge amounts of money that they can never truly spend and they're never really going to invest. And that type of greed doesn't get us anywhere. And what we're doing and what happened is there was just a redistribution that happened in that people that are abundant, that recognize their abundance, that recognize the good that's in the world, we're rewarded for that. And those that are living on the side of lack and limitation and greed and got to get mine before you can have yours, well, those people didn't win. <laughs> they were, we've proved to them that way doesn't work anymore. And we can, we can create a world that works for everyone this way. So GameStop for all of you investors out there, they closed today at five o'clock at uh, 325. They're up $131 and 40 cents. Uh, after hours trading, they're down a little bit, but good for the, good for the individual investor. How wonderful. So let's talk about, uh, what's going on here at the new thought media network. Again, you send me so much paperwork every single week. I almost have to print out a book. <laughs> so what, what new programming is coming up here on, uh, okay. media? first things first, throw away the printer. Why? Just stop printing it all. <laughs> okay. It's a digital age, dude. Read it off a website. 
Uh, <laughs> you know, I seriously, I have three screens, so I could do that. I could actually do that. Okay, See, go ahead. Okay. Uh, so uh, New Thought Media Network 2020 just uh, roared into existence. Uh, through most of December, we were averaging about 12 hours of live broadcasting a week. Right now, uh, in the next two weeks, we will be at 20 hours a week per week. We've got three new shows that are premiering this coming week, Monday evening. Uh, our dear friend new and new co collaborator uh, from the East Coast, Practitioner Gina is going to start with her peace meditation. This is an hour-long experience of music and meditation and messaging and readings and uh, and a peaceful experience. So that's the peace circle. It's going to happen on Monday nights. We invite you to join that. Gina is also going to be with us on Thursdays with a half-hour talk show where she's going to do something a little different, um, perhaps have some guests in and some conversations as well. And that's called The Joy is in the Journey. That's Thursday. Thursdays at one o'clock mountain. Another really fun fr new friend that we just uh, connected with, a gentleman out of Baltimore named Reverend Adrian Moore. Uh, he was on Ministers Talk and Shit this morning. I'll tell you, we had a good old conversation. Uh, you got to come check that out. And it's in our archives. The best place to check out archives from previous shows, and including yours, Pastor Michael, there's playlists for all of our shows over on YouTube. So head over to YouTube forward slash New Thought Media Network or do a search for New Thought Media Network. Uh, please do give us a subscribe and turn on the notification bell. Uh, the subscription's the big thing. I'm not so worried about whether you get notified, but if you subscribe <laughs> to us, we really appreciate that. Well, we have I have I've had people call me and say, hey, I'm sorry, I love you, but I'm getting too many notifications. You okay, got, you got too many shows going on every day. And we do between morning practice. We have a morning spiritual practice Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday at 7 a.m. Morning prayer at 8:15. Reverend Melissa at 8:30. A morning show, an afternoon show, maybe an evening show. Uh, every day, this network is bringing all kinds of great information and entertainment and music and media. And some people are getting a little overloaded with the notifications. <laughs> so uh, so I won't hold it against you if you don't get notified. But please do subscribe uh, and let us know that you're out there. Because here's what this subscription is going to do. It's going to help us to get to 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. And then we can start sending that feed directly to our own website. And oh, make wonderful. it even easier for people to catch the playlists, and the back episodes. So much like Netflix, if you want, you can binge all of Pastor Michael's episodes from the past, from 2020, and listen into those one after the other and watch them all. So, uh, you know, there's a lot going on. We've got even more happening. More doors are opening. More shows are in production. Our own Reverend Lisa is bringing a Wednesday show starting in a couple weeks. Uh, your inner dazzle. And uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. We were working on that today and working on the marketing for that today. So, uh, you know, folks, there's plenty of places to play. Come join us. Come hang out. Come be part of the fun. So talk to us about uh, you sent a letter out to uh, many of your show hosts this week. So talk to us about how we're to fund all of this. <laughs> how, how can people get involved with the New Thought Media Network? Absolutely. Uh, you know, we want, first and foremost, to say thank you to everybody who's watching. 
because if you're watching, there's a very good chance you've already hit the donate button at least once. So thank you for that. And thank you for hitting it again and again and again and again. And, and you know, like any uh, nonprofit radio station or broadcast station, we survive on the donors of our listeners, our viewers, and uh, those that are making the work happen. And we have asked our show hosts. It's not a requirement. Nobody's paying to be on this network. Uh, and t truthfully, the intention is that the day will come when all of our show hosts are being paid to do this kind of work and to be on the network with us. Uh, until then, however, we have asked our show hosts to make a small identifiable monthly contribution, something that we know and we can use to budget and pro project our growth uh, and project how we, how we grow uh, with responsibility, with, with foresight. So if you'd like to be a part of that, hey, the, you know, the buttons are all over, the links are all over, um, and even just a few dollars, uh, a monthly contribution that's identifiable, we can count on, allows us to make the growth, take the steps forward. And, you know, with that, we are looking at other unique and different ways to help fund this, sponsorships. If you'd like to sponsor a show, Perhaps you'd like to make sure that uh, Pastor Michael stays on the air and you'd like your business to get a little bit more, you know, a little more exposure for that. And we'll even do a, we'll even do a live commercial yeah. too. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and we'll share your underwriting and your sponsorship on the rest of the network to let other yeah. people know that it's not just this program, but it's the, the belief, the system, it, it is the mission that we are on to bring this message to as many people as we can in as many media channels as we possibly can, because we want to meet people wherever they are. And we want to share what is the good news of new thought, this philosophy, and how you can create the life you truly desire. Reverend Robert Brzezinski, we are out of time. You're kidding. No. <laughs> thank, you. Thank, thank you so very much. I'll get the paperwork to you this week. Let me make a phone call. I can probably get us a few more minutes. You're going to pay Diego extra? <laughs> no, I just didn't tell my wife I'm not coming to dinner. Oh, well, I also forgot that you are a wonderful lasagna maker. So for $1,000, you get all kinds of premiums, plus also a homemade lasagna dinner <laughs> mm, yes. done by Chef Laura at uh, Reverend Robert's house. Reverend Robert Brzezinski, thank you so very much. Blessings you. to you. Always just an honor to have you on the show. Thank you. I thank you. So I'd like to close this evening. We did this last week, but we'll do it this week. A prayer for my country. This was written by Dr. Ernest Holmes. So pray with me here. Believing in the divine destiny of the United States and in the preservation of liberty, security, and self-expression, I offer this a prayer for my country. I know that divine intelligence governs the destiny of the United States of America, directing the thought and activity of all who guide its affairs. And I know that success, prosperity, and happiness are the gifts of freedom and are the divine heritage of everyone in this country. I know that success, prosperity, and happiness are now operating in the affairs of every individual in this country. I know that divine guidance enlightens the collective mind of the people of this country, causing it to know that economic security may come to all without the loss of either personal freedom or individual self-expression. I know that no one can believe or be led to believe that freedom must be surrendered 
in order to ensure economic security for all. The all-knowing mind of God contains the answer to every problem which confronts his country. And I now know that every leader in this country is now directed to this all-knowing mind and has the knowledge of a complete solution to every problem. Each is compelled to act upon this knowledge to the end that abundant security and peace shall come to all. And I know that this spiritual democracy shall endure, guaranteeing to everyone in this country personal liberty, happiness, and self-expression. So it is. Amen. All right. Love each and every one of you. Thank you for joining us again. Join us next week for another fun-filled edition of the Fireside Chat here on the New Thought Media Network. Pastor Michael wishing you a wonderful week. Thanks for joining us this evening for Friday's Fireside Chat with Pastor Michael Mangus. Join us again next week at 8 Eastern, 6 Mountain for more spiritual conversations for today. For more information and replays of past shows, please visit the New Thought Radio and Media Network's Facebook page. Until next week, may God bless you richly and abundantly.